The Luck Stops Here podcast with Scott Bowser, AFC North Edition with Brett Bowser, is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. That's up to $500 in free cash for you to gamble with. And you can't beat that. And we got a lot of hot picks here this week. With me is my brother, Brett. Brett, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you doing? Great. I'm so glad to have you on for this AFC North one because we are both, as you know, lifelong Steeler fans. And if there's one thing we know, it's how bad the teams in Ohio suck. And this is very funny for me, this episode, because I just did this preview. And if you're listening to this and you already heard me do this, these teams for uh, these uh, for the Sports Gambling Podcast last week, my opinions on these teams haven't necessarily changed at all. But the odds have drastically changed, which is something that, uh, Brett, I think you and I are going to really sink our teeth into here. So first up on our list is we're going to go alphabetically, and it happens to be the front runner or was the front runner for the division. But uh, they are, I mean, they're right there, neck and neck. They are listed at plus 120 for the, it's Baltimore Ravens. They're listed at plus 120 for the division, plus 700 for the conference, plus 1500 for the Super Bowl. And their win total is at 11. Over is plus 100. Under is minus 120. Uh, Brett, what do you think about this team? So the Ravens are very good defensively and have been, and they that will remain this year. Um, they, they shouldn't be at – they'll be a little bit worse. They'll still be one of the top defenses in the league. Uh, the thing that I worry about with this team is that offense has got stale last year. Uh, two years ago, they shocked the world. Lamar Jackson MVP season, running an offense no one had ever seen before. Last year, even Lamar Jackson was saying it seemed like the defense knew the plays they were running before they ran them because they didn't really evolve or change anything. And if you don't evolve, then everyone's going to catch up to you really quick in the NFL. Yeah, like uh, it's Greg Roman, the offensive <laughs> coordinator there, right? And, yeah. and uh, you know, he was the offensive coordinator behind those Jim Harbaugh 49er teams that were based on that power run with uh, the ability of Kaepernick to run. And uh, it's one of those things where they kind of caught on to that. And like, you're, you know, to, there, same, like, same thing with Kaepernick early on. He's having like 200 yard rush games against the Packers and whatnot at Lambeau. And then all of a sudden people kind of figure that out. And they, you know, they made him very average looking towards in his second and third years. Um now the Ravens, you can kind of tell this year that maybe they were trying to evolve. They definitely put a lot of emphasis into getting more receiving options. Uh, they gave up on Boykin. They brought in Watkins. They drafted Bateman. But all these guys are hurt right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like I really like the Bateman. I mean, as, I mean we're Steeler fans. I'm, we're Raven haters. But we're also not fucking idiots because we play fantasy. And I'm, dude, we have Watkins on one of on our on the team that we're doing together in the FFPC Players Championship. And then we also have uh, – like, I, I have several Lamar Jackson, Bateman, Watkins, like Gus Edwards stacks. Because you can get Lamar Jackson after the first few, like Murray, Allen, and Mahomes go off the board. You can get Jackson in a good discount in a lot of these drafts, and then especially in these best balls. And then it's really easy to get Gus Edwards in the 10th, and then like Bateman in like the 14th, and then Watkins in like the 17th. So there's like serious potential with this offense in terms of fantasy production and like the the the, the great the the white whale that eludes me with the, doing these best ball drafts with ravens players is mark andrews i for some reason i can't seem to get that draft pick to line up with him and jack i think i have one lineup 
with the two of them. And I have Jackson and several now at this one. Him and Murray are kind of my go-to. And then I have kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of other quarterbacks. But yeah. uh, Andrews and Jackson tend to go in like the same round. So you only get one pick per round. So it kind of makes that one tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're both right there in that like that fourth, fifth round range, basically. Fifth round pretty much. All right, so let's get into this schedule because uh, I don't know. That win total was at 11, dude, and double-digit win totals should scare you off usually, right? Yeah. For me, the Ra- the Ravens are classically under Lamar Jackson, big front runners. When they can get a lead, they will win like 42 to 7. But in any kind of close game or when they're down, they just roll over. And so that's the kind of theory I'm kind of going with when I'm looking at these win-losses here. All right, so week one. Uh, I'll, we'll go for like four at a time, right? So week one at Las Vegas against the Raiders. Week two at home against Kansas City. Week three in Detroit. Week four in Denver. I'm going to have them at three and one there. I think they lose either Chiefs at home or in Denver. Yeah, I have them at three and one there as well. Uh, no way they beat the Chiefs. They will like look amazing against the Lions. And then, yeah. <laughs> That's how that'll go. <laughs> All right. And then now we're on to week five. This looks like a Monday night game, too, if I'm not mistaken, because it's a day later. So, yeah, it's their second Monday night game of the year um, <clears throat> at Indy or at home against Indy at home against the Chargers at home against the Bengals. Then at home against the Vikings. That's four straight home games, dude. I can easily see them rolling four and oh here. I got them going three and one here. Um, I think between the Chargers, Colts, and Vikings, one of those teams, they all have talent, and one of those teams should get a win there. I see that. I see that. I'm going to give them four and oh, though. You're going to go three and one. Okay. I, I just can't believe the NFL scheduling would allow a team to have four straight home games during the season. Like, that's insane. And let me see the 11th, the 14th, 17th, the 14th, the 7th. So, dude, they get a bye week. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, they get a fucking bye week in there, too. So that's something to keep an eye on with this team. The NFL's kind of handing them a fucking schedule gift there. All right. Now, November 11th, which is two days after Brett's birthday, um, we'll have uh, they go at Miami, then at Chicago, and then at home against the Browns, and then at Pittsburgh. See, they shouldn't fucking get – they should have to go at least three on the road straight if they get four at home. So I don't know. So I'm going to have them at mm, 3-1 here. They lose at Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, I got them at 2-2 two two here. I also have them losing to the Dolphins. Um, that Dolphins defense should give Lamar Jackson a fits. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. We have the Dolphins defense in our FFPC league, so I am uh, not. All right. I'm rambling. Um then we go at Cleveland, at home against Green Bay, at Cincinnati, and then at home against the Rams. I'm going to go two and two there. I have them at one and three here. Okay, they're going to win on the road in Cincinnati. and then That's they... it. Lose the rest. All right, and then the final game uh, against Steelers, they lose, right? Yes, they do. All right, so what do I have them at there? Four losses total? Five losses? I got them at five. I have them at nine and eight. All right, I I had them about like at twelve and five. So we're a th- couple games off there. Um, you know what? I think I might be a little too high on uh, 
because I keep thinking Lamar might have, and we'll get into my props in a minute, and this is you'll see why I think this. But I think Lamar is learning, like, okay, I can't throw the ball like big time. I'm not going to improve that much in that in that side of the game. I need to figure out new ways to run the ball, and like he could, like he's either going to get like lit up and be out by week five, or maybe have like the greatest rushing season for a quarterback ever. That's kind of what I'm thinking on this, and maybe I'm giving it too high, but I did get him to uh, um, lead the league in rushing touchdowns, okay? What do you think I got that at? I don't know, maybe 50 to 1? 75 to 1. And, dude, there's a very and, – and Kramer got him to break the quarterback touchdown rushing record, which is over 14 and a half, at uh, 17 to 1. And to me, like, dude, 15 touchdowns last year would have been good for second in the league. I like my chances way more with a 75-1 ticket there than a 17-1 ticket there for a very similar bet. Because there's also a scenario where he could lead the league with 14 touchdowns. Yeah. One thing I will say about Lamar Jackson and rushing this year is they could not get the deal worked out for him this offseason. And Josh, while Josh Allen got his huge deal and Allen wants to break or and Lamar Jackson wants to break the market with his deal, they didn't get that done. So I could see him not being so willing to put caution to the winds. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that, but I can also see the coaching staff be like, okay, we might have one year left of you. We're going to fucking run you into the ground. Like there's a very realistic possibility that Greg Roman, knowing that people are catching on to his offense, is put in this position to where he's he's got a fucking like – uh, just milk everything he has out of this guy just to make it all happen. That's really where I see, though, there could become a rift between uh, management and the player, especially because Lamar Jackson's representing himself. Yeah, or his, I guess him and his mom. His, him and his, his mom. mom is, yeah. <laughs> so normally you have this agent buffer in between you and the front office where they could say things like, Hey, well, you just don't pass that good. We can't pay you that much. No, our, our, he's gonna have to hear that directly from the, you know, like the guys he's working with. Yeah, and no, it's a tough situation. And what's funny and, too is think about it like this: dude, we, we, our mom is pretty intelligent. She has multiple college degrees. Would you trust her to negotiate an NFL contract for you? No, but I really <laughs> think they're going with the fact that like this is all like, especially like the rookie contracts now. It's all kind of done for you. You know, there's not really much wiggle room. You're going to have lawyers review these things anyways to make sure there's no weird clauses that they're putting in or anything. It's really just about what guaranteed money they're willing to give you. Yeah, and so you're basically giving your mom your 10% rather than an agent. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Like, it's not like... And when it comes down to it, is is an agent really going to get you more than 10% greater than what the market dictates? Yeah, because it's probably not. It's a hard cap. There's only so much to go around in the league. Yeah, and, okay, so maybe you get a deal that's only 90% what the agent would have got you. Well, you made that back in the 10% you got to keep rather than give to him. That's true. That's, <laughs> that is true. I think it might come down to the perks with the agent. You know, like, you know, I, I like remember when A-Rod first signed his big contract. I know it's a different sport, but, like, he had, like, all these, like, uh, well, no, I get custom this, custom that. You know, you get... The agent also, like, this is what mom would be really good at is they take care of, like, hey, family wants to come see me play, arrange all the tickets and airfare and 
all of that for them, you know, make sure they're taken care of. Like, yeah, that, no, that, that's, that's something that, mom can take care of that an agency and it'll take care of better than an agency would. Okay. So I do have uh two, just two bucks, but I got two bucks on Lamar at 75 to one there. Cause I think that's a fun little bet for the season. And, uh, cause if he does go that big on rushing touchdowns, it's going to win me a lot of best ball lineups. Uh, and then I also have him at 17 to one to win MVP. I put like five bucks on that, I think. But here's the thing on that one. The 17 to one pick, I only took that because I saw Matt Stafford at like 14 to one or 15 to one. And I was like, that's fucking disrespect. A guy who won an MVP two years ago versus Matt fucking Stafford. And I realized Stafford's going to a way better situation. And, but still, like that dude, Lamar Jackson should not be uh, longer odds than Matt Stafford for the fucking MVP. So uh, yeah. I got the Ravens going over here. But you know what? Um, the more I think about their injuries at wide receiver, and like if, if they really have to rely on Hollywood Brown as like a number one guy, that offense is going to sputter. Uh, they already started bracketing Mark Andrews, realizing that's the only guy he wants to go to. And I see this situation where he wants to prove he's a passer, so he's going to throw it. And they don't have the weapons because of injuries. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a contentious relationship between him and the coaching staff. And I could see this uh, them wanting to just go back to the basic vanilla offense and him not being into it because he's like, "You're just going to get me lit up. Yep. They know where I'm running, and I'm not going to get lit up." Yeah, I got you know because really in the NFL, like when you're a superstar player, it's really all about getting that third contract. You know, <laughs> like that's yeah. Like that, that's like the, the career goal you need to have in mind when you're, when you have that elite talent, you're, it's like keep to take care of your body to get that third deal. Cause that's where you, you really get fucking hooked up. And I believe that he is gonna, he is a good pocket passer. He has accuracy. He has arm strength. He can do this. I just don't think the offense is respecting that. And with the weapons they're giving him and the playbook that they're using. And let's not forget they shipped out Orlando Brown, one of the best fucking blocking linemen in the league, to Kansas City for draft pick. I mean, so it's like their line might not be quite as good as it's been the last couple years. That's that's a big question mark for them now. Yeah. I'm soft on the over. How are you on the under there? Are you pretty (laughs) pretty hard and firm on that under 11? The more I think about it, I I, you know, because it's like, I can find six losses on that schedule pretty easy. And that's just, that's a push right there. It is at minus minus one twenty on the under. So there's a little more, it's a little more favored that way, but I feel like you got two gimme wins with, or a few gimme wins there with like the lions and the Bengals and whatnot. But beyond that, like, I just don't see them as heavy favorites in any game really, you know, besides those, the cupcakes there. And I just, I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty hard on the under. It's unders at ten or ten and a half. Oh, it's at eleven. Oh, eleven. Yeah, hard on the under. All right, all right. You heard. They'll it. be they'll be hard pressed to get twelve wins. Very hard pressed. You heard it here. Uh, yeah. I'm I might reevaluate my stance there, but as of now, I'm I'm on a soft. I kind of like the plus one hundred, and you know, it's fun to have two different opinions. And uh, I think you laid out a better case than I did. All right. Um, all right, I think we'll both be pretty – we'll have a lot of in common on this team because uh, this is Cincinnati Bengals. Next up. Uh, all right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, dude. They are 28-1 to 1 to win the division, 101 to, to win the conference, 201 to, to win the Super Bowl. Over-unders at 6.5. Uh, 
plus 100 on the over, minus 120 on the under. Dude, this team's a hot dumpster fire. We'll go through the schedule in a minute. But, bro, how the fuck, dude, how the fuck do you not just... I've, I've bet this pretty hard already, and I'll probably go back at another round stab at it, because how do you not just pound the six and a half under? Like, dude, like... And I got it at plus 120. It's flipped now to minus 120. Dude... There's no way this team wins seven games. No, especially when you're playing six games against the Browns, Ravens, Steelers. I don't have them winning one of those games. No. So then you're talking about they need to get seven wins in their other 11 games. Yeah, they got to go seven and four in non-conference. And these, okay, and if you'll notice on the AFC AFC this year, they play the fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, the AFC West. So that means everybody's got to play the Chiefs. The, <laughs> the Chiefs and the Chargers, who yeah, are both really good. The Broncos, eh, you know, you never know what you get there. But playing at Denver is always tough, and that's where they are. They're in Denver, so they got the the short straw there. And then they also have the Packers on their schedule. So it's like there's no way they're getting over six and a half wins. While Burrow's not known as this Lamar Jackson type running threat. His mobility is a key part of his game in that he's elusive. He navigates the pocket well, and he moves around the backfield well to get the ball down the field. And his leg is not right. His no. leg. And- no, yeah, that, that's what I was just going to say. It's like, dude, he's coming off that injury from last year, and they could have got the best lineman in the draft. And I know I said this on the gambling podcast, and I've said this, you know, every chance I've had all offseason. But, dude, when you have a young quarterback that you just drafted number one overall – the next draft, and you're still drafting in the top 10, you need to take the best lineman you can get to fucking protect that guy. Very true. And, and what they do, they go out and get a receiver, which granted was his college teammate who he had great chemistry with, but I think they're already pretty good at receiver with Higgins and Boyd. I don't think that's the – and you can find receivers, dude. Receivers are – you can find off the, the free agent dumpster bargain. You, you can find guys that fit systems and catch balls. Finding guys yeah. that can legit hold up against elite defense. Like, dude, because you got to go against the Steelers defense, the Ravens defense. Those are two of the top ten in the league, if not top five. And the Browns defense. And the Browns defense isn't. Dude, they just picked up J.J.V. on Clowney. So now they got him and Miles Garrett, which I'm not sold on the Browns defense overall. I actually think that's kind of a weakness on that team. But, dude, that defensive line is no joke. And when they ha- get a lead on you and you're trying to play come from behind and have to pass every down, you don't want those guys pinning their ears back and coming at you every snap. Yeah, you definitely don't. And the thing is, is like Jamar Chase, last game he played was with Joe Burrow. That was the last competitive game he played. Yeah, he, he has some serious rust, and now he's playing at NFL-level talent. And at this point, he's the third-best receiver in his wide receiver core. Dude, And do we need to really go over the, the history of top receivers drafted in the top 10 that have flamed out? There's more that flame out there. Than, I can just give you a long list of Mike Williams, Carlos Rogers, uh, um, Kevin White, uh, Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, the list goes on and on, dude. Yeah. Like, talk about the Lions draft picks for five years straight, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into their schedule because, like, I'm I'm heavy on this under, and you'll see why here. Week one, at, at home against the Vikings. Week two in Chicago. Week three in Pittsburgh. Week four, at home against the Jaguars. I will give – that's a Thursday night game too, by the way. I will give them that Thursday night win against the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are pretty bad. 
that have, might be the one win I give them this season. <laughs> I have them at one and three, and it's really like so. You, normally, when you look at the schedule and stuff, it's like there's no way they win that. There's no way they lose that. This one's fifty fifty kind of thing. Yeah, you, yeah, and you kind of try to split the fifty fifty ones to you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Yeah. And then with the Steelers, we're going to get there later. It's a whole other story because they're going to win games, big games, and then they're going to lose the soft team after because they they, they, uh, they love playing to, playing their level of competition. So that's why yeah. when they, when you look at the Steel, I always say because the Steelers, I believe, have the second or t- uh, number one toughest schedule in the league this year. Where it's one of those things where it's like, well, that doesn't really matter. Throw that out the window because even if they have the easiest schedule in the league, they'd play it about as competitively. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you look at last year, they were favorites in every game they lost down the stretch. So with the Bengals, I have them one and three here. But really, that's an, that's a like a coin toss from 0 and 4. Like, there's no guarantee that they win that Jags game. No, there isn't. I just think in that spot uh, at home on a short Thursday night, um, Urban Meyer, I, I don't, I'm not sold on him as a coach, as an NFL level coach. And so I, I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence either. Yeah, but uh, it's a short week after a physical after a physical game in Pittsburgh. Their bodies are still going to be sore when they take the field in that game. And there's going to be a lot of hype in that one. It's a primetime matchup between the top, last two number one drafted overall quarterbacks. So I yep. mean, it's there's going to be some hype in that. Um, both those guys won national championships in college. Let's give it to them. You know, I mean, they're yeah. they're both studs. But I, I, I don't know. I think Joe Burrow might have the edge at home. But you're right. That is a 50-50 game. But I think both those teams are dog shit trash, by the way. I kind of like a Jaguars prop bet where it's a plus 1,300 for them to win, have the worst record in the league. And it's like, it's not the – I just did AFC pre – on the last eight one was AFC pre, South preview. And it's just like, that's not the dumbest bet because, like, they had the worst record in the league last year. We've seen teams do that two years in a row. That's not when you're bad, you're bad. Like, they might they might be playing for the number one draft pick here, and so in typical Bengals fashion, they'll they win. Might, the, they'll win they'll, the one game they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true, dude. Okay, uh, let's move on. All right, next they're uh, at home against Green Bay, on the road against Detroit, on the road against Bengals, and on the road at, at, against the Jets. Oh, on, the I got against, on the road against the Ravens. They are the Bengals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the road against the <laughs> Ravens. And then on the road against... Dude, so they got three straight road games here. And then a home game against the Packers. I got them 0-4 there, dude. Like, So here's the thing. I got them 1-3 again because the Lions and Jets are straight trash teams. Like They are, they are. You're looking at the Jags, Lions, Jets, Bengals as the four worst teams in the league. Uh, Texans. Those five are the worst teams in the league. And Texans you listen to like, my AFC South preview, that Texans team might surprise people. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, let's see if his lungs repaired from last year's stabbing. <laughs> from that, yeah, from the doctor <laughs> that shanked him in the chest like it was blood in, blood out. <laughs> yeah, so... Miklo, no! But, but the tough thing is, is while they got a chance at the Lions and, Bay, and, the Lions and Jets, it's both on the road. And you have the Ravens game in the middle, who and the Ravens <laughs> yeah, are going to beat up on them. Like, that's what I. That's the thing I think. That's why I, I'm going to give them. I might give them that. I'll give them a 50-50 game against the Lions. So, okay, I'll give them that one. So I'll make them two, and I'll give them two wins at this point. But they're for sure losing in New York the week after playing Baltimore in Baltimore, where they're they just they're going to get their 
butts bruised, dude. Like <laughs> again, like I find myself wanting to give them every fifty fifty game because they're still only getting three wins on the year. Yeah, and I mean, I'll tell you what, dude. The Jets. Uh, I'm pretty high on Zach Wilson this year. I have a plus seven fifty ticket on him to win uh, rookie of the year. I think that's a really good play because, like, I like these quarterbacks that come out of like where they have less. Like, he had two fucking Mitt Romney's nephews playing receiver for him. Where Trevor Lawrence has these Clemson loaded teams where, you know, like like he really had to put the ball in tighter windows at BYU when you think about it. Like, yeah, and he he and if you watch that game that he did against Green Bay last week. When they were interviewing Aaron Rodgers during the game, and he made this crazy throw, he was like, oh, my God. Like, that was like a throw like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if I can make that throw. <laughs> like, Zach Wilson, I've heard from a lot of people, is right now the best quarterback out of this bunch of five. All five are I, really good. but Yeah, and in best ball, I've been loading up on him late in sacks because you can draft him in, like, the 15th round and add a couple deep Jets receivers and, like, a tight end with your last picks. <laughs> like, and, no and let's just, not forget – the positive act of getting rid of Gase. Like, yeah. everyone on this team is going to play, that was there last year, is going to play way better than they did last year. I really like that hire of Robert Taylor. You know, and, and we laugh at the Jets as a laughing stock, but, dude, they're actually, dude, like, over the last 20 years, dude, they were competitive under Rex Ryan. They were competitive. They went to a conference championship game, like, what, two years in a row? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, they, so, were competitive, they were competitive under Herm Edwards. They were a consistent playoff team then, you know? Like... I think that out of the the horrible five I named, I think the Jets are by far the best. Yeah, I, I do too. So, I mean, I, I think that's a tough spot the week after Baltimore for them. So, I'm going to give them a for sure loss on that one. Yeah. Um, all right. Then at home against the Browns, on the road against the Raiders, at home against the Steelers, at home against the Chargers. Dude, that's 0-4. 0-4. Oh, oh oh <laughs> that's 0-4. Oh and, and they might not have their kneecaps back after playing the Lions still because, you know, they're going to bite your knees. And they're going to bite, bite you. <laughs> yeah. Dan Campbell, as we know on this show, Dan Campbell, coach of the Detroit Lions, stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Now he's telling all those players to bite the knees. So, <laughs> allegedly. Okay, I got to throw that out there. I don't want anybody fucking coming at me on a Dan Campbell, like, coming to bite my knees in a lawsuit. Um yeah, dude, that's what that's yeah, going for. Oh, and four. And he, so here's what I keep coming back to is that the best thing that happened to the Bengals was Joe Burrow playing well in losses and getting hurt because there's still optimism for some reason. And like you see it in <laughs> fantasy too, where people want to draft Burrow like ahead of Brady sometimes. I'm like, what is going on? This is insanity. Like, He's not – this team is not going to be good. They're going to be really bad. And maybe that will translate to fantasy because they're passing all the time. But the reality is, is, as far as young quarterbacks go, I don't even think Burrow's in, like, the top six of young – and he's not that young. He's like – No. He's, like, 26 dude, already. Like, what, what was it where it's like uh... – Who's the other quarterback where they were like, uh, keep in mind that this these guys are the same age. They kept bringing a, like one of these like young quarter, NFL quarterbacks where it's like they're the same age, and he's been in the league for like four years already. I want to say like Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like him and Mahomes are like, like two months apart in age or whatever. Yeah, because Lamar Jackson was young coming in, so I still think Lamar's like two or three years younger. Same with, same with Kyler. Kyler was like 21, 22, I think. You know, or, yeah, I don't know. So it, like young quarterbacks, like really it's like – he's not in the top five and he's probably at the bottom of the top 10 just of the young guys when you're talking about josh allen mahomes kyler murray you know lamar jackson baker mayfield justin herbert justin herbert you know like he's in that 
range where like is he even better than Tua? I don't know. I'll give him he's better than Tua because I think Tua is pretty bad. But like that's a low bar to clear for me. Like I'm big on the Dolphins under and stuff. Well, that's that's the range I'm talking. <laughs> Though you know, like where I, yeah. I have that question. Well, and I mean, dude, he falls into what I'm saying. A lot of these big time, big uh, school quarterbacks, like LSU, fucking Alabama, Clemson, SC, when they're in their Pete Carroll years, Ohio State. It's like they they recruit so well that the court that the the teammates are, like hide so many of the quarterback weaknesses. Well, look at the three receivers he was passing to that last year at LSU. Well, dude, Jefferson look at all those... Jefferson lit up the NFL last year. Jamar Chase is a top five pick. And well, then and think think Terrence... of all the guys we named there too, dude. Like uh Lamar Jackson, what school? Louisville. Uh mm-hmm. Josh Went Allen, Wyoming. Fucking uh, Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech. You know, yeah. I mean there's there's a, Zach there's Wilson, a, BYU. BYU. You know, like there's a f- common thread there of these guys coming from those kind of programs because they legitimately have to carry the team on their back. Yeah. Like Trey Lance, North Dakota. I think all five rookie quarterbacks drafted this year are better than Joe Burrow. You know, I, I can I can see that. I uh, I might be on the fence, Mac Jones, just because of like what I said in Alabama. You know, like yeah, I'll give you that. But like they're kind of the same guy in a lot of ways. But I think Mac Jones has a little bigger arm. Yeah, and we'll we'll I mean we'll see too like how he looks this year. I don't have any NFL real game film to base it off except this preseason, and he's looked good in the preseason so far. That's yeah. what, like one one thing I'm. But it's like also, dude. He had two, he was drafted fifteenth overall. He had two receivers drafted ahead of him that were on his team last year. So that's not like. Yeah. And he had a running back drafted a few picks later. <laughs> I mean, that offense was fucking loaded at Alabama last year. Reason why they won the national championship. All right, now to close out the season, they got at home against Forty ers in Denver. That's gonna be a tough game. Uh. At home against Baltimore, at home against Kansas City, dude. That's open four, dude. And then just go with the fifth game too at the Browns. That's so, another loss. Own five. So I got them with two wins. I can give them two wins on this season. What do you got them with? Two wins or three wins? I have them with three wins, but like I said, it was because every 50 50 game, I gave it to them just because I'm like, I don't see where else I'm going to give them a win. So, like, the reality is I have them at, like, one and a half wins if I were doing this. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll go right there that's with you. How, that's how the bookies come up with that. Yeah. I'll put them at they, – they might have a tie in there against the Lions. So, maybe <laughs> – yeah, That's what I was telling Sean. That's what I was saying to Sean. I'm like, this is a team that definitely has a tie potential to, to keep themselves out of getting the number one draft pick. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll put them at 115 and one. <laughs> that's that's a bull, dude. I bet you you can get amazing odds on that. I th- dude, I think it's to have a tie in there. I dude, yeah. I bet you you can. And they already had a tie last year against the Eagles, dude. I'm telling you, you could probably get like 300 to one on that, something like that. 400 I mean, to one. Everybody's rooting for the eight eight and one team, right? Oh yeah, that would be the greatest <laughs> thing ever, dude. <laughs> because the first thing people said, 17 game season, you can't go 500 anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we just went eight, eight, and one. Touche, sir. They're gonna bring. They're gonna bring Fisher out of retirement just to make it happen. Oh man, that is good, dude. No, you know be even funnier, dude. Seven, seven, and three. Like that would be hilarious. <laughs> they get three ties somehow. <laughs> like that. That's the funniest possible seventeen game. Uh, Has a team ever even of. had two ties? 
in the same season? I'm not sure. Probably do probably back like in the fifties or something. Yeah, when every game was like six six tie and yeah, black, yeah. black people weren't allowed to play. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was dude it was like a bunch of Ivy Leaguers dominating the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a good young back out of Dartmouth. Or they didn't even have back. They just they just called everybody an end. Yeah. Coming out of the backfield here, we got three white guys. One white guy hands to the other white. Oh no, he doesn't. He keeps the ball and he runs it into another white guy. What a great play. One yard and 1.5 yards on the play. <laughs> All right, so that's enough time on the Bengals. They are trash. Uh, so, Brett, you would agree with me that under six and a half, they're just giving away free money on that one, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, we, we, we tried to talk ourselves into a third win on them, and we really couldn't. <laughs> like, and, like, dude, I, can you really try and talk yourself into a fourth win there? A fifth win? A sixth win, a seventh win, no fucking way, dude. They just—it's the schedule's way too tough for them, and I think people are buying into the Joe Burrow hype way too much because, like you said, he looked good in losses before he got hurt. That's what we're basing this <laughs> off of. Yeah, like he didn't have enough time to play to be exposed. Yeah, yeah, uh, and like, he's hurt, and he's hurt. So maybe even if he was good, he's less. So I mentioned this on the gambling podcast, and I went back and looked, and I actually got in on this with them because I did some alternate spreads on them. I got under five and a half at plus one thirty, under four and a half at plus one ninety, and I have under three and a half at plus five hundred. So let's fucking go, Bengals! Do Man. the fucking Bengals move and lay the shit egg. We all know you're gonna sh- lay. I mean, I think this team has left less life than our mom's dead cat. Ooh, cutting deep with the uh, family reference, but you know what? It's never too soon in these parts here at the Lux Stops here. I just found um, out today her cat died, too. So. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that to me earlier in a text. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. You know? um, okay, so what else? Oh, I do have a prop bet on T. Higgins, though, to lead the league in receiving touchdowns at 90-1. to 1. I thought that was a fun uh, horse race but I call my small prop bets horse race bets because it's like, eh, it's fun to put, put play it like it's a horse race and just throw one out. You never know how many of those darts you might hit. All right. Up next, we got the Cleveland Browns. Now, dude, they are now the front runner. Last week when I did gambling podcasts, I think the Ravens were like minus 110 and the Browns are like plus 150 or something. It's down now to Cleveland plus 115 where Baltimore's at plus 120. So it's pretty much the same. But they're at plus 550 for the conference versus the Ravens plus 700. Plus 1200 for the Super Bowl versus fucking the Ravens plus 1500. And their win totals at 10 and a half. Over. Minus 130 on that. So they're juicing you if you go over 10 and a half with the, the Browns. And the unders at plus 110. What am I missing with this Browns team, Brett? Why, why are people so high? Is this... They looked good against a banged-up Steelers defense in the playoffs, and so people are really last, you know, like that left a big impression. What's the deal there? Uh, I think there's a lot going on there in that they didn't lose anybody and they gained Clowney. That's okay. one thing. I think Clowney at this point is more of a name than a true, like, impact stuff. Like, if this is – if I was giving him a he's Madden a, rating – He's a run stuffer. He is a run stuffer, but if I was giving him a Madden rating, probably giving him like an 87, 88, yeah. and even an 86. I uh, think... With like the right skills, or if you put him as the right piece in a defense, he'd be good. But like he's no longer like the 97 overall that everybody thought he was coming, you know? like. So I think he's like an 80, 
89 Madden rating, but if you moved him to the end in a 3-4, he would be a 98 again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if he's yeah. that, if you put him at he's, tackle on this team, like, on a 4-3, then all of a sudden he's like, wow, his skills really translate here because he could take on blockers, shed them, and make tackles like crazy. But and he's, he's got the quick for the first set. Okay. Yeah. yeah I get that. Uh, but just, dude, okay, so the Browns are at plus 1,200. The Bills are at plus 1,200, too. Like, there's no way I'm putting the Browns on the same footing as the Bills right now in the AFC. Dude, like, there's no way. Here's the way I see the Browns season going is the regular season actually, for being a first-place team, they seem to have a somewhat soft schedule, like, somehow. Like, it's not crazy difficult. Like, they, they get the Chiefs game one, but then they get the Texans. So, I mean, we'll get into the schedule right now. But the way I see them is – they actually shoot themselves in the foot by hitting that over on the 10 and a half. And then what ends up happening is they lose round one of the playoffs. Well, and here's the thing. I, I think the Ravens are a much better team than there just because of the defense alone, the secondary, alone. you know, like yeah. I, the Browns don't have anybody in the secondary that scares me. Like, so they're going to be in a lot of shootouts last year. They got lucky. I mean, I'm not saying they got lucky, but they won a lot of close games last year. And there's probably going to be some regression there. So, like, let's say, like, a lot of those close games they won, let's just say they they split them this year. That that enough alone is down to take them down to nine wins, and you just need to go to ten. You know, like, like 11 seems like a high total for the team, even with the extra game. That, like, especially with getting juice on the under here. Plus one. And let's not, let me not forget that the last time the Browns won uh, double-digit games, back-to-back seasons, do you, do you know uh, when when that was? I believe that's when Biner was popping the boners. Yeah, it was. Ernest Biner popping boners. <laughs> All over the old Tecmo Bowl jingle we used to sing to each other as kids. Because um, he would always fumble. It would be hilarious. Um, but, yeah, Ern- it was back in like the Ernest Biner, Bernie Kozar days in 88, 89. That's the last time they had back-to-back, like, double. They were good in the late 80s. But, they, dude, like, and I'm not saying it's not possible, but, Dude, are, do you buy the hype on Baker Mayfield? Because I'll tell you right now, I own a fucking prop ticket on him, forty-four to one to lead the league in interceptions. <laughs> so here's here's my take on the Browns: is the Browns are disappointment, and there's no greater disappointment than to actually live up to a little bit of this year's hype, only to lose in that wild card round. I mean, you know I what I mean, it, dude? Like be on track for like a twelve win season. 13 win season end up only winning 11 just to miss that bye week <laughs> and then just like getting rolled in and maybe even a rematch against the Steelers or something in the wild card yeah. round yeah I mean Favorite, right, let's get it favorites in the wild card round always do horrible yeah yeah it's weird it's 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 fun to, a a smart move to do in the wild card round is to take all the underdogs and tease them yeah so the wild card teams that make it in as wild cards get hot late the teams that they're playing against that have the home game were teams that were good early and are fading or they're the the worst they're the they happen to be the default winner in a shitty division that is also a very very true statement (laughs) all right let's take a look at the uh, the schedule okay like you said they start the season at kansas city then they're at home against houston then they're at home against chicago and then in minnesota i got them two and two there i got them three and one i like minnesota a lot this year i'm pretty high on them I think they uh, have a big like turnaround, especially if Justin Jefferson has that second year wide receiver year that a lot of guys have after what he showed last year. 
holy shit, that offense could be really good, dude. Yeah. I like even with Kirk Cousins back there, but like with him, Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. I mean, just at least from a fantasy perspective, that's a fun offense. All right. I just I just feel like they could be non-factors with just Chubb running the ball 30 times in that game. That's true. That's true. Okay, but they are at home there, so I do kind of yeah. like that for them. Um, so it'll be indoors. So, all right. Um, Browns, now, at Chargers, at home against Arizona, at home against Denver, at home against Steelers. I got them 2-2 two and two there again. I got them 3-1 and one again. Okay, so I got them four and four overall, and you got them six and two. All right, I got them losing at the Chargers, and I got them losing to the Steelers. I have, you know what? I'll give them three and one. I'll give them that Steelers game at home. I can see them winning that. It's their crowd's going to be insane for that game. Like the way I have that game is they're going to be five and two headed into that game. And they just beat the Steelers in the playoffs, and it's just going to be crazy atmosphere. And I think it'll be a close game, but I think they'll probably edge out the Steelers there. Yeah, like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give them that. Because, like, the, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Steelers are going to go fucking 17 and 0. I'm fucking, I know, I know football. No, no, I mean, I'm not, like, I love that team, but yeah, it's a Halloween game, too. Browns kind of have Halloween colors. Yeah, I could see the stars aligning there. So. I'll give, I'll give I'll give them three and one. So okay, I got them at uh, five and three. Then and you got them at six and two. Yep. All right. At, on the road against the Bengals in New England, at home against the De- Detroit, and then in Baltimore. So I got them two and two there. I got them beating the Lions and the Bengals. I got them losing in New England and uh, losing losing uh, in Baltimore. Because I I tell you right now, I think by that point we'll know what we have with New England. And I just see Bill Belichick like, oh, Baker Mayfield, I'll, I'll come up with a game plan to stop this dick sucker. <laughs> like, so the Patriots defense from two years ago was amazing. Their front seven sat out because of COVID last year, and their defense wasn't great. This year they're all coming back and they're all fresh. They're going to have a great defense. I do feel like this might be the turning point in the season where like Cam just blows this game, and that's when they go to to Mac. I'll tell you what I think. Year. I think they're gonna be Mac Jones is gonna be their starter by the end of September. So okay. So I think he's so, he's I think he's in there with like game reps at this point, and he we know what we have with him. Yeah, I have him three and one here, losing to the Ravens. I could see the the Patriots winning, but I, I don't know. I just didn't I didn't put it that way. All right. I so I got him at seven and five, and well, you got him at nine and three. Nine and three. Oh, well, maybe you do like the over here. We'll see. All right. So then they go, uh, they have the bye week, and then it's back-to-back games against the Ravens. They're at home against Baltimore. I already said I, I like Baltimore winning that game, so I'm not backing off that now. Um, then they're at home against the Raiders in Green Bay at Steelers. Okay, I got them. So I got them one and three there. I just got them winning that, that fucking Raiders game. This is where their schedule gets kind of tough. I got them two and two. I have them splitting the series with the Ravens. So I had them winning, winning the home game, winning the home game. And then I have them beating the Raiders, losing to the, at the Packers, at the Steelers. And then I I got them a nine and seven at this point. And then I got them beating the fucking Bengals in the final game. So I got them. So do I, but that could be the game. The Bengals, like they're looking ahead. The Bengals play them tough. Like that battle of Ohio, no matter how good either team is, they play each other tough. So and if you want to get in the history, Paul Brown founded both teams. 
Yeah. Like he so, sold his interest in the Browns originally. I mean, I know this Brown is, is basically a fucking expansion version, but I was going to say Paul Brown founded three of those teams. <laughs> yeah, if you really think, yeah, yeah. And then he went on to file, file like, uh, you know, start the Cincinnati Bengals as an expansion team after the Browns. And that's why the Brown, the Bengals play at Paul Brown Stadium, not the Brown, like just little random tidbit there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I got him at 10 and 7. So, what do you got him there? Fucking like, you got him winning like 12 games, 11 games? 12 and 5, yeah. All right. I see. I'm not so sold on Baker Mayfield. I think there's potential for this team to underperform. Uh, here's the thing is I'm not as confident on this under as I am that Cincinnati one. So I'm not betting it the way I bet that Cincinnati one. Like I pounded that one. Like that's just easy money. I'm more confident. I'm most confident in the Bengals under. I think that's just free money. Um, I think that plus 500 is free money at under three and a half. Um, I'm more confident on the Ravens under than I am the Browns over. I wouldn't bet the Browns over, but if you're putting a gun to my head and making me make a decision, which you are doing right now, I would take the Browns over. <laughs> yep. So it's, okay, it's ten and a half, right? Ten and yeah, a half. ten and a so half. So 11. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna I'm on the under here, uh, but like I said, like I'm not huge on like I'm not as big on the under. I just think when you look look at the history of it. Are the Browns really a team that wins eleven games in back-to-back seasons? Like, I mean, yeah, to me, it's like the, it's, it's, the most, it's the most Browns things ever to get a ten-win season, get Super Bowl hype, followed up with another ten-win season, then just get ran out of the fucking building in the first playoff. Yeah, game. no, that that yeah, like that. that you is know, a very... like like disappointment of winning one game over two seasons can only be beat with expectations. All right, so next up we have our pit. Okay, and by the way, so my, my prop bet, my horse race prop bet on the Browns was Baker Mayfield 44-1 to throwing most interceptions. And I think that's possible because I don't think he's that good. And they are a running team. They're going to run first for the most part. But uh, I do – dude, like he's, he's one of those – like, okay, when you're betting most interceptions, you got to think of it two ways. you got to think of a guy who's not going to lose his job and a guy who sucks just enough fucking pull it off and i think the lead yeah. leader last year was like 16 so dude, i think he can average more than a game because i can really see him piling a few interceptions up like at halftime throwing hail marys and stuff like that and you know what it's like Tua's the other guy who could do that you know yeah, but like yeah, yeah. winston start throwing a bunch of picks Taysom hill's coming in Taysom hill's the guy yeah yeah, you yeah know, I mean, like even like uh jalen hurt starts throwing picks they got flacco like all of these teams kind of have that built-in, you know, security blanket to hey, let's let's pivot off of this guy. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson might be someone because they're just going to let him ride or die. Yeah, they are, and they're going to be behind a lot probably, and so he's just going to be throwing, throwing to try a lot, try forcing things, trying to make it happen. So yeah, and like, and there's to me that every quarterback's going to throw like four passes a year they hit a wide receiver right on the fucking numbers and it bounces up for a pick like as seems... far as secondaries go the Steelers and Ravens both have good ball hawking secondaries yep and we're gonna do the Steelers right now plus 450 for the division plus uh 20 to 1 for the conference 40 to 1 for the Super Bowl 8 and 5 win total plus 110 on the over minus 130 on the under Dude, like I, I really do think people like drank way too much Kool Aid on that Browns playoff win last year, and and thought like the Devin, as we know as Steelers fans, that Devin Bush injury because they were undefeated with him and whatnot. When that injury went down, teams figured out ways to start running it against them because they didn't have that dominant inside linebacker. 
going sideline to sideline. Yep. And like he he changes when you have a dominant middle linebacker, your def like, dude, there's there's a reason why we know so many great middle linebackers throughout history, whether it's Ray Lewis or Erlacher or Singletary or Buckkiss or you know, like the list goes on and on and on. Because Looking those at the guys Steelers over the last few years had a great defense. Shazir gets paralyzed. And then the defense, defense goes to falls shit. off the fucking cliff. Then they do, trade up to get Bush. Immediately their defense is great again. It's great for two years. Like one of the greatest defenses I've seen in a long time. Last I year. mean, this remind this last year's Steelers defense, like before Bush's injury, was the first one. Like I mean, the good dude, the Super Bowl winning ones of the two thousands were great. Don't get me wrong. But that one really reminded me of those Blitzburg defenses, which I think were better than the ones that won Super Bowls. You know, like, yeah. just because of the rules of the game at the time where you could legit fucking destroy quarterbacks, so they did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I there's a, losing Bud Dupree is going to hurt. But I think um, replacing him with Melvin Ingram's a, a good move. It was solid, but I, Bud step, Dupree's a, a great. Back. The thing I, is, is, I think it's a lateral move more than anything because I think Ingram might be a better pass rusher than Dupree was, who was an elite run stopper. So Ingram is going to play smarter, and he's going to be better at the line. He's not going to be able to go out wide and do things like Dupree could. Okay, I, I do say, yeah, and I on mean, base he's going to struggle. I, I am going to miss Dupree because, I mean, he was a fucking... Here's but the you, thing can't, is, you couldn't pay him and Watt. That's the no, thing. you couldn't. And the, the the messed up thing is, like, Watt can play really good in space, but he's such a dominant pass rusher. You don't want to do that too often. And so it's going to force you to make, in that 3-4, one of those guys has to go out into coverage out in the flat every once in a while. <laughs> but at the same time, dude, teams only play their base defense, like the 3-4 or 4-3, like 30% of the downs nowadays. Very most true, time they're a nickel. True. Yeah. So those guys are mostly going to be lining up as defensive ends. And the Steelers are so deep at safety that they like to play three safeties a lot of the time. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Especially with Mika. Like, I is that I, total hybrid linebacker safety to begin totally. with. Totally. He was kind of like Paul. He reminds me of Paul Amalu in a lot of ways. Like uh, Ball Hawk that can fucking come up and stuff the box if he needs to, but amazing in coverage. Like, yeah. I mean, Paul Amalu uh, just got voted into the Hall of Fame. Steelers are really well represented in the Hall of Fame this year, too, dude. Like, uh Troy Polamalu, Alan Fanica, like they had a few guys, like uh, and a couple old school guys from the seventies, I think. Yeah, I like the win total over here just because fucking dude, Mike Tomlin has had zero losing seasons as a head coach, zero. Worst record ever is eight and eight. Can't go eight and eight this year, as you know. And I don't think the Steelers are the eight and eight and one team. And so at over eight and a half, I think they're definitely a nine and eight team at the minimum. So before I looked at the schedule. My thought was this team goes as far as Roethlisberger's arm does. If if he could get if he could get back I to stretching the, the field, defense. then they could be like a 12-13 win team. If he because if he could hit some of these deep yeah. balls to complement the underneath game and everything, but the O line is in shambles. I here's here's what I said on the gambling podcast. I think I was watching that Hall of Fame game against Dallas. Um, Peyton Manning was talking about Big Ben for this year. He was saying like basically it's like, and I totally agree with this. Like the Steelers need to use that Broncos 2016 uh, Super Bowl championship team as their blueprint. Dominant defense, veteran quarterback who has won before, who, who knows how to win. Just turn him into a game manager with good receivers are all around him. And a good running game, and just lean on the defense and, and as much as possible, 
and play it that way. Like you almost want to play it the way they played it with Ben his rookie year. It, it, you, like, it's like kind of like how we all go from infants wearing diapers, to old people wearing diapers. You know, you it's like that with quarter. If you yeah. you can do that with quarterbacks Here, in the here's running. Here's my game. thing with the Steelers: is the O line's the weak link of the team. Um, when they lost Munchak as their O line coach four years ago, what they did was they locked up all of the guys they had to long contracts. Uh, Foster, Villanueva, Pouncey. And their thought was, hey, we're not going to be able to, to coach up new guys, but if we could just keep this core together through the end of Ben's quarterback career, it gives us our best Super Bowl window. Well, yeah. between them kind of not being coached up as well and getting older, that line fell apart last year. And now they're trying to patchwork it together with yep. all new guys, and they just don't have that Munchak. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to talk down on anybody, any coach in the league, but like Munchak's the bet. He's the best. O-line Munchak's coach an elite league, coach, yeah. especially now that uh, the Patriots uh, Skarnecki uh, uh, retired last year. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the weak link to the team, and to me, that's where. I, I don't know. I, when I before I looked at the schedule, I'm like, I think this is like uh, a 500 team in a 16 week schedule. So I'll give them nine and eight. <laughs> but when okay. when I went game by well, game, it looked different. Uh, I I also really like yeah, and I really like Matt Canada too at offensive coordinator now. Like I I think that's a good move. I think he can be creative. Um, and I mean, hey, clearly the fucking front office or whatever got the message though. Where it's like, hey, we need to lean on the running game more. Let's go out and draft Najee Harris, fucking dominant Bama running back. And everything I said about Bama running backs and like like Ohio State running backs, USC running backs, well, quarterbacks, I mean, I think the exact opposite of their running backs. Because usually those teams are so loaded, yeah. they don't get too beat up in college. Like, like they never have to be the bell cow guy. Like, there's always like five stud running backs in Alabama yeah. that are all like, NFL guys. Like, you look at like in the same backfields, you have like multiple. I mean, look, like, is there a team in the NFL that doesn't have an Alabama receiver? <laughs> I think it's, I, I'm not sure, it, dude. Like, I think, I mean, or, or at least a, a receiver, receiver or running back, back for sure. True. Same with their guys in the trenches. They're O linemen and D linemen. I mean, I mean, they cycle them through so much that they just don't get that wear and tear. And they and and like. Especially Alabama yeah, D linemen, and, because they have to run such a strict like. No, you can't just go flying down the field for sacks. You got to cover the lane and try to get sacks. So it's like all of a sudden they go to yeah. the NFL and it's like, hey, dude, just go get the quarterback. You're like, are you kidding me? I could just do that. Oh yeah, and they'll go for like d- double digit sacks. And it's like he never had double digit sacks at Bama. What's this? It's like you let him just go get the quarterback. He's an amazing athlete. Yeah, no. Um... Yeah, so it's like that. I do think that about like Pama receivers and running backs. Like, dude, these guys, those guys will produce for the most part. Like, I mean, look at just some of the receivers: Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. Like, I mean, you have Waddle and Devonte Smith this year coming in. And Devonte Smith, I actually have a prop between those two guys: Devonte Smith more receiving yards than Waddle. And the reason is just that is pure is pure. Like, look at fantasy terms: pure usage. Because it was an even money prop bet, and it's like Devonte Smith was probably going to be the number one receiver in Philly this year. Just they're, and, they're and gonna Miami, give four speed Miami targets like to what they got. Waddle might be too, and and then Devonte Parker, Wilson. and then they got Will Fuller. Yeah, so and they're gonna throw to the like, dude. They have, yeah, I, I so I really like Devonte Smith's opportunity and even money prop there. Um, yeah, so I dude, honestly, I like the Steelers to win the division. I have a bet on that. I I didn't want on them to win the conference and the Super Bowl just because you know I'm a, I'm a fan. I want to have that action. Um, 
All right, let's go through the schedule. They open up at Bills, then at home against the Raiders. I really wish that game was here in Vegas because, dude, that would be a fun one for us to go to together. Um, then at home against the Bengals, on the road against the Packers. I'm going to give them three and one. I got them at two and two there. You, you have them losing against Green Bay? Yeah, and I have them losing the opener to the Bills. Oh, yeah, that's a 50-50 game to me, them and Green Bay. You know what? I'll give that Green Bay. I'll give them two and two. Yep, I have them losing the opener against the Bills, too. All right, so. And here's the other thing. If they beat Green Bay, then they lose to Denver the next week. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So no matter so, how I looked at it, it's a, it's a win-loss between those two games. So because I have them losing to Green Bay, I have them beating the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I follow that logic. And I have them beating the Seahawks. Okay, so let's just get into these. Uh, Broncos at home, Seahawks at home, at Cleveland, at fucking uh, – at home against the Bears, I got them three and one there. I already said they lost the Bears on the on the Browns on the Browns one in Cleveland, so I can't really veer off that. But I think they take care of business in those three home games. I think I do think the Seahawks game can be tough there, but I think that's a great spot to get them in. That's a primetime game, uh, Sunday night game. I think Ben, dude, Ben in primetime, man, always pretty solid. That that should be a really good game though. I think because it's so obvious they should go three and one, they lose one of those, and I have them two and two. Okay. You know what I mean? They play to the competition kind of thing. I, I I totally get that, dude. I've been following this team for fucking 40 years, dude. I know what they do. We have at, at home against the Lions, and then in L.A. against the Chargers, then at Bengals, and then at home against the Ravens. I got the three and three and one here. I think they might lose at the Chargers. I got them three and one losing at the Chargers. Okay. So, yeah, I got them at eight and four total now. So I'm East only Coast. one one win away from hitting this over, by the way, now. We're about me having an eight and four. And, and I want to note that while it's at the Chargers, when you look at the fans in the crowd, it's going to be 50-50. It's, yeah, it's basically going to be a Steelers home game. They just I mean, have to travel. Yeah. Fan-wise, it's a Steelers home game, but travel-wise, sleeping in a hotel. It's all, yep. Yeah. All right, then in Minnesota, um, at home against Tennessee, then in Kansas City, then at home against Browns, I'm gonna go three and one there, because I gave them. A, I thought that Chargers game was a 50-50 game, and I gave them a loss there. I think this Vikings road game is a 50-50 game, but I'm gonna give them a win there. So I got three and one here, loss in Kansas City. I have them at two and two, um, losing to the Vikings and the Chiefs. So yeah, I, I, I it's just when I. Do give them a 50-50 loss. I got to give them a 50-50 win the next time. So how about this? Between the Chargers and Vikings there, I think they win one and lose one. Yeah. All right. And then they close it out against the Ravens. I got that as a win in Baltimore. I think the their defense comes to play on that one. I got that as well. All right. So and I, I got think, the... I think that late game at home against the Browns where it could be like for the division, like I think they that's going to be a huge game and they win. And then uh, they roll that momentum over and just go right into Baltimore and just. And that that Tennessee game at home, it's no joke. But the Steelers defense is so much better than the Titans defense. I got to give them a, the home, the, a bigger home edge there. Like I have the Ravens falling apart at the end of the season. Okay, yeah, I mean, dude, I could totally see that. I, I if because they they do they could fall apart at the beginning of the season without those receivers. I mean, you know, there's 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 cause for concern there. I got them at twelve and five. Ten and seven. Ten and seven. So we both have them going over. Like, and that was pretty. I felt like that was a pretty easy over because there was a few games there where we both gave them losses and said they can very easily win that game. 
So for me going through this, I tried to really balance out my homerism. Yeah, that's what I kind of trying to do too. I mean, and so what ends up happening there is every break for me ended up. I wanted to make it go the Browns way because I'm like, there's just that hater in you that just doesn't that just hates the Browns, and so you're just gonna you're gonna always go with what you know. So every break, every fifty fifty, I feel like I gave to the Browns, and every fifty fifty, I gave against the Steelers. So while I had them twelve and five and ten and seven, I could it could just as easily be the other way around. Yeah, yeah, like uh, you can't be biased when your heart's involved, you know. No, I'm trying. I was trying not to do that. I think I was pretty fair there, where I gave them some losses, like the, you know, like. But I do the, think this is. I think this is an elite, maybe the best defense in the league. The and woman so, you, the woman you love, is going to be two points higher on the hot scale than <laughs> than anyone else in the world. Yeah, fucking a, dude. It's my show. I can say that if I want. You know, fuck it's it. That, it's the whole thing, dude. Like if, if I people know the people that listen to this show don't like it, suck my dick. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm just finally glad. Like for playing fantasy, there like there was nobody worth getting on the Steelers. You know, and then all of a sudden, like the Antonio Brown era comes. Yeah. And ever I mean, since it's like actually like Mike Wallace before Antonio Brown, but like ever since it's like, oh no, there's all kinds of good weapons to get. No, no, very true. Um okay, so a couple props I took on the Steelers is I took uh TJ Watt to lead the league in sacks at plus six fifty. I think that dude, like I mean he's he's one of the favorites right there, dude. He's an absolute monster. There's there's no reason why this team's what led the sack league in sacks like five years in a row. Just like I mean, yeah. like, like, I think there's no reason why he can't leave. Like, so like, but that, that I felt like that's a little bit too of an easy play. So then I also got Chase Claypool lead the league in receiving yards at 37 to one because second year receivers take that big jump. And dude, he's just a physically manhandled. Like he has the ability to break a lot of tackles in the secondary. And that leads to big yard plays. I think his size and like, field metrics or whatever just by the numbers like hasn't been seen since uh um calvin johnson yeah yeah i think that's a very fair comparison dude because like, it's like you can't be like six four six five two thirty five and the fastest dude on the field i okay here's the thing with, with him i think his ceiling is calvin johnson good i or not or maybe not calvin johnson good but like 90 percent of calvin johnson which is very fucking good and, and you know, then like funny. His floor is best ball stud where he has those three, two, three touchdown games a season that fucking rack you up all kinds of points. I heard this story about Calvin Johnson where like when they do like the jumps and measure jumping in the weight room and whatnot, he would always, he would never like be the top on the team or he'd barely be the top on the team. And then like they'd pull him aside and be like, dude, in the game, you jumped to get that ball and you were like at least a foot higher than you just did this right now. And he just kind of smiled and it was like, I don't want to make people feel bad. So it was like he would like make sure he like lost by an inch or won by an inch, but he never just gave it his all until like that ball was six feet over his head, and then the dude's just jumping through the ceiling. I mean, there's a reason to call him Megatron, dude. The guy was an absolute stud. But yeah, no, I dude, I think Claypool does have that kind of talent level. Like he's just big and like scary athletically. So I, I think that's a fun prop at 37-1 for most receiving yards because I don't think he needs to have – I think he can do that on fewer catches than other guys in that range too just because of the yards per catch type of thing. you know. Like, And, and because he's so physically dominant, he doesn't necessarily need Ben to huck it downfield on those plays. He can throw it six yards, and then he can make three people miss kind of shit. Like, so 
Um, yeah, those are my props with the Steelers. Um, now on to the final segment. Um, so yeah, I like the Steelers to win the division, dude. I'm on that at plus four fifty. I think that's a lot of fun. I, I think I mean I think it's good. it's probably going to be a three way race there between the Browns and the Ravens. Like Brett said, good chance both those other teams are falling apart at the end of the year, like just Man. getting exposed. Like Bengals are horrible. Um, Ravens, I see them melting down. They're trending the wrong direction. Um, Browns are good. It hurts me to say that, but the Browns are good. Browns are good. I, I agree. Um, but I just think people might be drinking a little bit too much. I think there's too much. They're too much of a public darling right now with the odds. Like so much money's coming in on them. Uh, usually when you see that, like just and I, I notice that a little bit more because I'm hanging out at sports books all the time out here. But like when you see that much action coming in on the side, it's kind of it's not the dumbest thing to go against the general public. Like. All right, so I got—I don't know if you've been paying attention to these, but I got these five-dollar parlay cards for the week one from one of my local casinos, and uh, it's a pick 'em. There's no points involved; we're just picking winners. Uh, but what I'm doing is I've done one with McKee, I did one with Kramer, I did one with uh, with Mike Burns, and now I'm gonna do one with you. Where so we're gonna pick. Uh, okay, so first one on the card is actually Steelers at Bills. We both had them losing that one. So do you, do you want to take the Steelers yeah. on the card here, or do we take Bills? Let's take the Steelers, you know, like... Why not zig when everybody else is tagging move? Because it's how you win these contests. Well, so week one NFL is where everybody wants to project a season's worth, an off season and season's worth of hype into one game. And it just doesn't happen that way. This is the NFL. Very true. And... You like, know, the, I've been watching the, red zone replays, by the way, in full degen. They, I realized it was 17 game, days until the season starts uh, Monday night because they were playing red zone week one on the red zone channel because I already signed up for it. And then red zone week two was on last night. And I'm like, when, like, when this is over and I, I'm like editing, uploading, I'll be watching red zone week three. So it's like, <laughs> and then you're right, dude, in those early weeks, there's some really random games of teams beating teams that you're like, Oh fuck! It's weird how that happened early, huh? But the season shaped out way fucking different. Like, well, wasn't it last year the Jaguars won the first game against the Colts and then lost every other game? No, it was the Titans. I think it was. It was the yeah. T- no, the, I think it was. Oh, it was, was the Colts. The, it was the Colts. It was the yeah. Colts. Yeah, it was the the Jags beat the Colts week one, lost every other game, and the Colts had all that hype of. You know, yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, you know, they got Philip Rivers now. They got the best O line. Okay, they got so we'll, this Jonathan Taylor. We'll go Steelers then on the card. Just yeah, because why? If we're gonna submit a card, we're... yeah. All right, so uh, Jets at Panthers. I got Panthers. I got, I like that too. Sam Darnold revenge game. Sam right? Darnold revenge game. <laughs> I mean, that's all we gotta say. I think and I've I, th- ta- I think I've taken that on everyone. That's one of the few games where we've it's been consensus on that one. That might be my survivor pool pick that week. Because um, when else are you going to use the fucking Panthers? The Jets are going to be good, but it's going to take a while to to build in this new stuff. Yeah, I, I will fade a fucking rookie quarterback going against the the guy he's replacing in a revenge spot. Like, dude, at home, like, give me that. Like, I, I think that's a strong potential Darnold, survivor pick. Darnold sneaky DFS play. Yeah, dude, I I agree. Same with Robbie Anderson. So Jaguars at Texans. Ooh, this is a coin toss of absolute garbage. I am going to give it to the Texans. Yeah, at home. I agree. All right. I'm on that. 
I've, I think I've done this, this some of these some of these now on these cards both ways. So it's gonna be so funny. Where it's like I could just like I can go back and edit like a week one together where I got all of them right. <laughs> okay, so it's it's the thing we were just talking about. All the off season hype is. You know what the funniest thing about Houston is? Is they tried to just not do training camp, and the NFL stepped in and was like, no, dude, you got to do it. <laughs> they, like fully, they fully tried to cancel training camp. That's hilarious, dude. Like, they just don't. They're like, yeah, we're good. Dude, it's like minus 200, or no, no, plus 200 for them to have the worst record in the league right now. And, like, they're the favorite by a mile. I think there's, so I think there's value in getting some weird, because you never know. And the AFC South, as I called it in the last episode, is the Sunbelt Conference of the NFL. So you just never know what that if there's If they're going to win a game, it's going to be early. It's a divisional game. And the Jags suck. Like, yeah, yeah, the Jags are fucking awful, dude. The, once again, there's also a fucking rookie quarterback going on the road for his first game. Give, give it to me the other way, you know? All right, uh, Cardinals at Titans. I like the Titans here. I don't know. What do you think? I like the Cardinals. All right, Cardinals it is on here. All right, uh, Chargers at the Washington football team. I like football team. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Eagles at Falcons. Chargers suck on the East Coast. Yeah, no, and that's what – so anytime you have the, a West Coast team playing on the early more, the early games on the East Coast – it's usually smart to take the home team on that. Especially one. early in the year like this. Like Yeah, yeah they're not going to be ready for that. And the the Redskins defense. Pff, pff, Dude. Pff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh Eagles at Falcons. Battle Bird Bowl. Eagles. All right. Seahawks at Colts. Bird riding a horse. Uh give me the Colts. Colts, huh? All right. Yeah, all of this hype of uh, the Wentz injury and everything, like yeah, uh, no, it could be a little too much public on Seahawks, and we'll we'll see how their new offensive coordinator handles. You know, that's Colts is a good defense. You know, I don't mind that. Vikings, the Bengals, uh, that's a fucking. Uh, we're not take. We're not yeah. circling the Bengals on here. Vikings. Yeah. Uh, 49ers at Lions. Niners. Uh, I have done the Lions on a couple, and I do actually have a small ticket on the Lions plus three twenty five. Because I see a scenario where, like, this is a fantasy, like a survivor pool killer week one kind of situation. And, dude, like, Dan Campbell gets him to bite the kneecaps for one week before the wheels fall off the wagon. And Jared Goff has one good game against a former division rival. Like, I see I, I see a narrative there. Like, I didn't put much money on that. But I was like, oh, that's a fun little one to have. You know? So, the Niners getting the band back together on defense against Goff with no weapons. Yeah, and no I mean, No, no, I got it. Yeah, I mean, that's they, got. they it's not just I'm not saying golf sucks. They know golf. They know yeah. what he can do, they know what he can't do. No, that's true. All right. Uh well they got the band back to their own defense with the exception of Richard Sherman, I think. I don't, I'm not quite sure what his status is. Like I you know, it's clear I think he was going through some mental health issues, so I just don't want to poke fun at that right now, you know, but uh, yeah. Google Richard Sherman offseason if you want to go down a wild rabbit hole if you don't know the story Also, already. look up uh, Nick Bosa's girlfriend tweets. <laughs> really? Okay, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> oh. yeah. He's not racist, but his girlfriend sure used the N-word <laughs> quite liberally. <laughs> oh, Nick Bosa. All right, Browns had Chiefs, dude. Uh, Chiefs. All right. And this is that game I could see, like, if it was, if the Chiefs are going to lose one, dumb one, it's early, but the Browns have way too much hype. Yeah, this is a... The Chiefs put back together their O-line. 
it's, yeah, no, they got that dude. When we mentioned the Ravens lost Orlando Brown, he went to the Chiefs, dude. Yeah. The, like the the only weakness on that offense just became a strength for them. And like, dude, like, yeah, I a lot of people are buying in. You know, the oh, the Super Bowl loser really sucks the next year, and that ha- that's happened a lot. But I don't, I don't know, dude. I think this Chiefs team, barring an injury to Mahomes, I think this seems like like really fucking good still. Like, all right, Dolphins at Patriots. I, you got to go New England. You got to go Bill Belichick against Tua at home. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me wants to go Finns here, but I don't know because like if Cam starting, if Cam starting, I can. I don't know. Yeah, Patri- I, I take the under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good. That's a that's a nice pick for the week there. Um, all right, Broncos at Giants rematch of the nineteen eighty six Super Bowl. Broncos. I said that every time. Broncos, okay. Um, Packers at Saints. I like Green Bay. Yeah. I Dude, also... Jameis looked amazing though on the Monday night preseason game. There, he looked really fucking good. That LASIK surgery might have actually worked. Out, but okay, so here's the theory I have about preseason when the when the coach wants to make a quarterback look good, they yeah. call different plays than when they're trying to get work in. Uh, okay. That's, that's very, 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 very true. So right. you, you have a legit quarterback controversy. You don't dial up the vanilla, dude. You put a little, you put a little sprinkles on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're taking Packers though. Good Saints. Yes. Packers bears at Rams on Sunday night. Rams. Rams. Yeah, that's that seems like a fucking like that seems like another potential uh, survivor pool pick. Uh, here's the other thing though is uh it's that game that's gonna be closer than you think. The Bears defense has given McVeigh problems sure. um in the past. And they're getting all that Stafford hype. It's that kind of thing where week one he doesn't live up to it, and then you're halfway through the season before you realize like Oh shit! They're six and two. Like I thought they sucked because they lost that opener yeah. to the Bears. <laughs> Wait, here's, here, here's the thing with the Rams too, though. Is like I really feel like uh, that defensive line going against either Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, whoever it is, Week One, should eat them alive. Whoever it is, Darnold. Like, Darnold. Uh, his favorite cookie is ginger snaps. So I'll just leave that there. <laughs> or Dalton. Dalton's ginger is gonna get snapped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the final one is uh, Ravens Raiders Monday night. Uh, I'll take the Ravens here. Yeah. You know what, though? Let's go Raiders. And uh, let me tell you why. John Gruden. John Gruden is good on Monday Night Football. Okay, that. But John Gruden, he treats all offseason and preseason preparing for week one. He totally is that guy. Especially on Monday Night. And you think about it, too. This is going to be the first time Raider fans have gotten to watch the team live at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. I, see, like, I, okay, look, I love listening to Chris Sims, and Chris Sims played for the Gruden Buccaneers, and he said, yeah, no, the whole offseason and preseason, you work for game one. And and he, he would even ask him, like, coach, like, we're not going to work on a – no, we need to get a win. We'll work 100% on week two – before week two's game right now we're still before week one so it's like it's fucking weird (laughs) it's it's like gruden genius you know like it sounds so dumb but then at the same time you're like well yeah why would you start preparing for week two yeah when you haven't played week one yet because like hey ideally week one no matter who you're playing 
you want to run your base offense and your base defense and succeed with fucking schematic advantages, right? Like, I mean, like, like it doesn't matter who you're playing. Like, it's about dialing that kind of shit in. Oh, I get it. Like, I, and, you know, I, know, I think, like, dude, like, I do think there's something like the Rams, too, because, like, that's why I also like them in that game, spot against the Bears, because, hey, dude, also, th- those fans are going to be <laughs> jacked to see a fucking live game. After like, everybody loses their ass on Sunday and they try to double up on the Ravens to fucking save their mortgage, yeah. the Raiders will ruin that the, for them. Dude, that's a fight. That's that's a funny angle on that. I can't lie. I can't lie. It's good. All right, buddy. Wait, do you, do you know what the point spread is for that game? And before you even tell me, if it's Raiders plus three, they easily win. If it's Raiders plus seven, they probably lose. So. I, I just looked it up real quick, and CBS has it at Raiders plus four and a half. So, of course, it's, it's halfway in between, right? But I'm sure four and a half is something that opened at three, and the Ravens are getting pounded. Yeah. I mean, no, dude. Like, I can easily see this being a field goal, too, one way or the other. Like... So, we'll, we'll leave on this gambling tip real quick. And I learned this one in Vegas, making bets on what the line will be with some locals at a bar, like, hammered in the middle of the night. And yeah, we were betting on what the opening line of the next day's games were going to be because it was in the playoffs. And when you look at it, oh, Ravens, Ravens, Raiders. Oh, I like like the average fan. Oh, I like I like the Ravens there. Oh, they only got to cover three. That's easy money. It's like there's a reason it's only three. It's because the Raiders are going to win. You know, like yeah. If it was plus seven, you wouldn't want to bet the Ravens, and they need your dumbass to bet the Ravens to even the money to, out. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they make that line look way too good on the one side. That's that's true. And it's early in the year where people forget that, like, oh, wait, the home team's three points, so that's really like a seven-point game on a neutral field. And, dude, I'll tell you right now, at four and a half, I'm for sure throwing that in a teaser. Getting that up to ten and a half, dude, at home, that's a nice number to cross, dude. Getting that that half point there for the double digits, dude. That that's a te- I'll tell you right now. I'll give you a fucking three game teaser right here. I don't even know the lines on these, but I will give you ra- tease the Raiders. Um, tease. Uh, <laughs> okay, maybe I can't. Broncos. Do it so Broncos. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, on the road in. I don't, what's that, what's that line at though? Because if it's that, if they're like a Giants point, plus one. Giants plus one. So I. Would, oh, I'd cross that up to seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it'd yeah. be five. It'd be, it'd be five. Yeah, see, Broncos I don't like crossing. Five. I don't like crossing the number like that. That's a that's a that's kind of a dirty angle on the tees for me. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. But dude, damn it, throw the Raiders in your week one teases. Oh no. Okay, and then the fucking Patriots uh, Dolphins under tease that with it. And then. Uh, I'll put that game at 51 and a half. Yeah, dude, that's fucking, dude, that's easy money right there, dude. Um, and then, yeah, no, dude, then I'll tease the Texans against the Jaguars. You fucking, I don't even care what the line is there, dude. Like, yeah. Or you could take the Niners. That brings that game down to one, one and a half. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do that, do that. Yeah, yeah. So Niners, Patriots, fucking Dolphins under, Raiders, 10 and a half, 51 and a half, and fucking down to one. Woo! We're cooking with those fucking preseason teasers already. All right, Brett, thank you so much for joining me. And you'll be back during the season with my Friday night Patreon series that you can find at patreon.com slash Luxops pod, where Brett and I will be going over the bets we're actually placing that weekend. 
in addition to you know going over our it's, i think also a good way to do go over our uh, ffpc lineup and kind of get those in uh and also dude i just signed up for uh, did i tell you how i got into the survivor pool of uh the station casino chain like red rock and palace station and all those ones dude i did a survivor it's a college and pro so i have an entry okay. in each it was 25 bucks okay and I have to pick one winner against the spread each week, but I can repeat teams. So I can find a team on a hot streak against the spread and ride it if I want to. Um, but the college one pays $100,000. The pro one pays $150,000. And if you win both, they give you a $750,000 bonus to make it a fucking million. And it's like, well, no one's fucking winning both on that. <laughs> like, you're not you're not catching lightning in a bottle twice in the same season. Like, straight. But I do like my chances on a college one. Because I've been really pounding my research on the Mountain West and, like, Sunbelt and the AAC and Conference USA, the MAC. Like, really learning those group of five schools where so many people, I think, will just ride with the SEC Big Ten teams. And and it's, I think I can advance easier knowing that San Jose State's probably going to cover week one against SC, for example. Like, So, always in college football, if you're betting the SEC, just bet pro games. You know, yeah. because there's you're as the fan, you're getting more information about the teams, but the it's like the coverage and the hype around it, the amount of money bet on the game is going to be about the same, but you just don't know shit about it. You know, yeah. like, you know, everything about these NFL guys, you don't know anything about these college guys. You don't know no. what they scored on their test. You don't know who well, their girlfriend is. How many, how many times in college football do you see it where just like. Oh, he's out for violating team rules. It's like, well, what the fuck was it? It's like, did he rape someone, or did he just go show up late to a class for too many times in one week, or whatever? You know, dude, <laughs> you know, if a guy farts in fucking team meetings in the NFL, yeah, like, dude, it's Twitter immediately, dude. Like, you know, you know their girlfriend. You know where their girlfriend ate last night. Like, you don't know any of that shit about the college guys. No, it's true. It's true. I, I think with college, you really have to bet coaches more. Like, who gets yeah. their guys to play up for teams? Who gets guys to play down? You know, like, like you, there's certain coaches, you know, it's like, hey, if they're going to be a 17-point dog, take them because they're going to be competitive, you know? But it's, it's like, like when you're betting mad games, too. It's like, you, imagine you're the sports book. It's like, dude, we're going to have, like, 80 million people betting on this LSU-Alabama game. Well, let's put a lot of money into getting this line right. Oh, who gives a fuck about the Mac? We're only going to get, like, 15 grand bet on it total. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can throw a line out there. I don't know. Like, let your daughter pick it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, dude, totally. And like, well, dude, in some of these games, like, like I don't know, like some of the, like the MAC teams are, like, dude, the MAC is pretty bad this year. Out of the power, the group of five conferences, like they're fucking awful. And they got like a couple of the worst teams in the country in Akron and Bowling Green, maybe the two worst teams in the country right there alone. And like Central Michigan, they're really bad. Here's a free pick for everybody. I got fucking Missouri minus 13 week one against Central Michigan at home. Missouri's offense is legit. They're dropping 50 points on teams like Ole Miss and fucking LSU, dude, from coming from the SEC. And like like a mid-tier SEC school playing a lower-tier Mac school, only minus 13 Pound that fucking shit, dude. They're gonna win by twenty eight, dude. Bare minimum. Like that's gonna be a you're that's gonna be one of those week one scores you look at, you're like, God damn, Missouri won forty nine to three or some shit. And it's like, oh, it's only thirteen, shit. You know, like that's that's exactly how that one's gonna go down. Like Good call. All right. Well, Brett, thank you so much for joining the show. And uh yeah, thanks uh, for thanks, having me. Thank you so much everybody for listening and make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Luxops Pod, and uh, God bless you, everybody. Keep gambling. Bye-bye.